Hello and welcome to Live Life and Learn Love with Ambrosia. For those who are new to the show, guess what? I'm new too. That's why you hear all the pause. Today's going to be an interesting day because it's my very first episode that I'm going to be posting. It took a while for me to get here. Quite a while, actually. I want to start off with a prayer. I know not everyone believes in the same thing. Um, I do believe in God. And um, if you'd like to pray with me, you're welcome to it. If not, that's fine. The whole show is not necessarily about praying, but um, this is just how I like to start my journey with a short prayer. So thank you, Lord, for blessing me with an opportunity to be here today. Thank you for allowing me this freedom and this opportunity to express my thoughts. And I pray that what I have to share today and every day going forward um, is something that will be beneficial to someone's life and will be an opportunity for growth for all of us involved. Thank you again for your time and help us to have a great show. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start off with introducing myself. Again, my name is Ambrosia. I grew up in Belize, been to Guatemala, um, Honduras, and I now live in the US. Well, I've been here for pretty much half of my childhood and all of my adult life. Fun stuff. Fun fact about me is I think too much. Even a simple game, just as simple as um, bowling, which um, no offense to any of the bowlers out there, including myself. Not everyone want to win in bowling. They just want to throw a ball and watch it hit some pins, but I actually do want to win. So I found out I was competitive and I found that out well in my 30s. So that was um, a fun fact for me to find out about myself. (laughs) Um, That was nice. Um, And the funny part is I found out after putting my kids in sports, how sad is that? So I found out I was competitive because I was yelling at all the other kids, including my kid, at a sports game. And probably some parents as well at some point or another. Don't do it. It's not nice. I don't think your kids like that. Um, But there you go. A couple things about me. So I will start off with a little bit about my background. My cultural background is Garifuna. Not many people know 
much about us, even though we've been around forever. Um, Garifuna is spelled G as in George, A-R-I-F as in Frank, U-N as in Nancy, A for those who would like to look it up. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. I grew up in Belize, in the city of Belize. Uh, um, I'm a city girl, but just not a city girl in America. <laughs> um, in America, I'm a suburban, so um, or suburban, as most of you without an accent would say. But back home, I grew up in a city. Um, I grew up in a time where it was embarrassing to some magnitude to be me. Um, because of my cultural background, we used to sometimes get made fun of in the city because most of us did not live in the city. Um, so we kind of developed a tough skin at a young age. Now, of course, like they didn't do some of the harsh things I've seen done to other people because of their race and background in terms of like hidden or hanging or anything like that. But um, speaking our language in the city was like not such a great experience, primarily because um, I feel like there were some um, discomfort that the people who did not speak our language had with that. And oftentimes when people does not um, have something of their own, they generally, or feel like they don't have what the other person have, they generally tend to try to shun the other person or make them feel bad about what they have so that they won't use it. I'm, I'm sure plenty of you have had that experience in your lives where out of jealousy or whatever, some people call it hate, some people call it jealousy, whatever it is, discrimination. I mean, like we could put any word with it on a bow. It's not going to make it any different. But people generally tend to treat you different when you are different. And if you don't embrace your differences, then you generally tend to convert to the popularity, right? In order to avoid judgment. Well, I never really cared. Eh. I just lived my life. I was that person who's head was always somewhere else so oftentimes I didn't even realize people were judging me and I would find out when I got home and one of my other cousins or my sister complained about it so (laughs) it never really affected me um, but it did affect some of our other family members so but over time that did change um in a short period of time in my lifetime i was able to see a lot of those changes um take effect even before i left belize so that was really cool so culturally i'm garifuna um m- most of my heritage and 
practice outside of my spiritual belief is from that background. Um, I strongly support my culture today. Um, I would not call myself anything else but Garifuna because that's who I am outside of, you know, of course, I call myself a Christian, but um, in regards to if someone asks me, what are you? I'm Garifuna. Now, if you ask what religious background I have, it's Christianity. So just to be clear, um, I migrated to the U.S. about, give or take, 25 years ago. Um, when I came to the U.S., it was actually interesting because I was meeting my mom for the first time um, since I was a baby. And um, I remember the whole journey throughout coming towards meeting my mom for the first time. I really thought about it. I really thought about how that interaction was going to be. Um, I thought about how I would hug her, what I would say to her, what would be my first words. It was almost like regressing to a baby stage where you get to say your first word, make your first steps, give your mom a hug, except I was um, a preteen by this point. And we'll learn more about my story because quite a bit of this will be me telling my story. So you, you'll get that experience with me. Long story short, nothing that I thought it would be, it was it, right? It was not anything that I thought it would be. As a matter of fact, I would say... For the first time, I realized that someone that close could still be a stranger. So it was an interesting exchange, very interesting interaction. And I would say after moving to the U.S., a lot of stuff happened. Um, I never questioned love until I got here. I never had to ask the questions that I asked myself, that I prayed about, that I, you know, asked God before I came to the U.S. So it was a great, you know, situation. It was a great idea for God to send me here and take me out of my comfort zone because I would have never thought about it. Um, life here was different. My mom tried to make it the same, but it was different. It was something to get used to. We'll be right back.
So, I want to say this before we go too much further. This is not going to be one of those well-prepped experiences and that's completely deliberate because I want to give you a true experience and I cannot do that in a perfect scenario. Otherwise, in a way, I don't feel like I would be true to myself and I would be a lot more nervous. So I would rather do it do it in this type of a scenery. So it's not a perfect scenery or background or anything like that. And I'm learning while you're learning about me. So just wanted to share before we progress. So we were at the differences coming here versus the experiences back home. So my mom tried her best to maintain our lifestyle that we had back home. She celebrated all the holidays that we did, but she also celebrated American holidays. Like we didn't do Thanksgiving back home, but over here, Thanksgiving is a big deal. For us, our Thanksgiving was Christmas. I mean, we went all out. Um, the food was nonstop. We had soda. <laughs> we had soda, um, which was pretty cool. It was soda galore, and for the adults, it was like homemade alcohol. Nothing better than homemade alcohol. I didn't taste it, just to be clear. But as I, when I got older and I did get an opportunity to taste just like a hint of it, it was awesome. I have not tasted anything better. Um, but back home, a lot of things were... Entertainment was was made, right? It wasn't given to you. It was made. The entertainment that we had, we created it ourselves. If we wanted to do art, we did art. If we wanted to play a game, we created the games. Um, food was hanging off a tree, right? So we had the mango trees. We had crabble, which out here you can find it at Hispanic stores. It says yellow cherries, but it's not a cherry, I promise. Um, we went outside. If we didn't have a ball, we'll make a ball. It was interesting. Some of those balls really, really hurt. Let's just call it rock inside of a foil. Yeah, fun stuff. Let's just say baseball was never fun and you could always get into a fight if someone threw the ball at you but we still played it <laughs> anyways um out here there were cement ground like the trees was hanging over cement if you fell off the tree you die probably so my mom gave me like her fair disclaimers that you can't climb trees here like you did in belize because one, there's no fruits on it. And two, if you fall, you can die. So I stopped climbing trees. That I think that was the most memorable for me because I was a monkey back home. I climbed every tree I could find. And because I was a twig, just like the tree, we became one. I never fell off. Over here, the trees looked kind of rotten. And... 
who's to say you would even make it up a branch, right? So, and this was New York, right? So, um, it was different. It was harder. It was, I couldn't create the games because if you created a game here, people make fun of you. I couldn't, I, I didn't feel free at first. Like, like I had to recreate freedom for myself. So that, that in itself was a challenge. Then the kids were different. Out here, free for children meant they could do whatever they want. They could yell at adults, scream at adults. I mean, they could curse at adults. I remember people who would lose their necks and their parents would have to rebuild their necks for yelling and cursing. For, I mean, just say a bad word and I mean, your whole life would change. Out here, the kids were cursing. I'm like, wow. Like they get to curse. I don't. I don't know if I want to do that, but they get to curse. So it's a different situation over here. My mom would ask me if I made any friends. I'm like, no, don't want those friends. They curse. <laughs> you know. So um, I remember we hung out with a lot of our cultural people out here, and that was probably more than we did back home. Because since we lived in the city, we had to travel all the way to the rural areas to find our people. Um, so since we couldn't really do that that much because we were in school and everything else, we kind of missed out on a lot of that. But in the US, we got to do a lot of that. So that was fun. Um, went to a lot of parties out here. Back home, we didn't go to a lot of parties. Um, it was a stricter lifestyle out there in terms of being disciplined. But when we did party, you couldn't beat it. We went to a lot more concerts back home. Over here, we went to a lot more parties. But I mean, the concerts were parties over there. That were our versions of parties where the artists would come out and sing their best stuff. And I mean we enjoyed the time so um that was pretty cool that was another difference um i would say the major adjustment was back when we were more outdoor kids out here we were more indoor kids the parents had to create our entertainment opportunities whereas over there they're like just don't die don't get in trouble and make it home before the sun go down so that was definitely an adjustment. Let's see, typical dinners back home was rice and beans, chicken salad. Most of, I would say 98% of the food that we ate was cooked at home. And the other 2% of the foods that we ate would include maybe my aunt saying, hey, let's have pizza tonight. We, I remember having pizza one time when I lived back home. That's how few there were. Um, the other, what would fall under the other 2% would be like on our way home from school, if we had like a dollar or $2, we would go to the Chinaman store and buy like two pieces of wings and walk home and eat that so um that that's how it was back then probably completely changed now um the other two percent would be back home back then candy was 
the price that they were in the 1900s here in the US. <laughs> so it was like you could buy five pieces of candy for um, a penny or, you know, 20 pieces, five pieces, I mean, 10 pieces for five cents, 10 cents. So we were still spending that kind of money to get little things. Um, and I would say meals, we had dinner for lunch. At night we had supper. So supper was usually light. Um, tortillas with some beans, piece of chicken, um, glass of water or juice. We would have like fried jack in the morning, but sometimes we may have fried jack in the evening. Um, so dinners were usually light and it had to be before eight o'clock. Most, most of the household, if you didn't eat by eight o'clock, the kitchen was closed. The only thing you can get is water. And if you got anything more than water, you would also get some additional treatments that were not very pleasant. Um, <laughs> it wasn't abusive guys. It's not America. Um, other experiences that we would have, um, I would say, um, culturally, we celebrated people back home. We celebrated a lot of things that pertained to people. We, we didn't celebrate just to celebrate. When we did celebrate, there was a whole purpose behind it. And um, even the church would be involved in ensuring that the purpose was recognized in the celebration. So that was really cool. Um, Christmas, we went to church. We, I know they go to church here in America too for some people, but um, we didn't just have like a holiday. Like it, it was always tied to people. So um, I really enjoyed that. And music back home was very diverse. So when we celebrated, we celebrated with a lot of diversity. So those were some um, differences in the experiences that we had um, back home. I'll be right back and I'll share some of the similarities. back again. Thank you very much for your patience with us. Um, I hope you're enjoying the ad. I know it's just one right now, <laughs> but um, over time, as we continue to grow, um, there may be more options for us. Um, but we do need to take the breather every once in a while just to, you know, think. I'm a thinker. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. So, Anyways, and back to the topic of the day. So, similarities. One of the similarities that I found in the U.S. and back home is, I would say... When I was with my mom, 
she was all about family. And that was one of the things that that kept me grounded. She was all about family. Unfortunately, family was not always all about her, but she was always, like if you were someone in need, she was there. She's that way today. In her 60s, she's still that way. Um, I remember, if, if I was to count how many brothers and sisters I have, that's not even related to me. But they came about, and my mom helped them, and next thing you know, they start calling her mom. She's, she's about people. Her heart is about people. Her purpose in life is people. And that was such a familiar experience for me coming from back home because the people who took care of us were not our mother and father, myself and my siblings that were left back home. They were other family members. And they did not expect to be in a situation where they would be taking care of us. Because my mom didn't come to them one day and say, hey, I'm going to America. My mom just planted her children where she felt they would be safe. Because she didn't want anyone to talk her out of of this travel, of this journey. She knew it was important for her children. And when she got here, she did everything she could to take care. She could to take care of her children, and she also took care of everybody surrounding her children. Anyone that was around us were blessed by my mother. So when we came to the U.S. and she was still about family, trying to help family, trying to keep family together, that was such an awesome comfortable situation. Now, I'm not saying it worked perfectly, but I'm saying her heart is what made it such a great experience. Um, Another similarity, I would say, is even though the parties, how the parties came together were different, the parties were so similar in the sense that Man, we could party. We could party for hours. I would say the other thing was the passion. Um, you know, the, the passion and the drive that she had, the ambitions that she had was similar to the point where it was seamless when I came from Belize to here when it came to my education. Of course, again, I'm not saying everything worked perfectly but I'm saying it was a seamless transition because just as important as my education was there, it was just as important here. So um, that was a great experience. And um, the celebration of life was also something that I would say I learned was the same back home and here. Not, not, now I'm not referring to parties, I'm referring to the celebration of life. Christmas, Thanksgiving, even though it was new to us, but Thanksgiving, um, Easter, and remembering the purpose of those celebrations versus just doing them. That was great. And then, of course, we have this thing called Maple that we do. I thought we only did it in Belize, of course, that was when my world was narrow. 
And then I found out we did, they did it here too and in other places. I was like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so that's at least something I can do. So, um, And then, of course, you know, I felt, even though I wanted to go back home, the feeling of wanting to explore here was also a homey feeling for me because I was an explorer back home. I would be in the woods, the jungles. Over here, I was exploring minds, thoughts. I mean, there was no woods, so I had to choose a different category. So minds and thoughts, is, it, it is. <laughs> but um, I, I think if I was to walk away with one thing today that I could say have been great and I wouldn't trade it in for the world in terms of coming to America. Yes, and that's also my favorite movie. Um, well, one of my favorite movies, let's be, let's be clear. There are others, but this is one of them. Um, I would say when I first was told I would come to America, I I thought I was just coming to visit. I thought I was going to go back home. When I did not go back home, um, I started to try to figure out how I would make it here because I lived with strangers. Then I was meeting strangers on the streets. And then I was trying to navigate all the emotions that were going through my home. My siblings all had different emotions from me. Um, I learned to understand people. And there's a lot to be said about that. I learned to understand people. I learned to understand the way they think, the way they feel, their triggers, their emotions. And it was not just, oh, her feelings are hurt or she's sad. But I started to understand the whys. I started to understand the things that other people will get angry and hold grudges about. I, I was understanding it. Someone would ask, why would a mother leave her nine, ten-month-old child and travel to a place of uncertainty and not see her child for almost 12 years. But rather than being angry with her, I started to understand it. I started to understand her feelings. I started to understand my feelings. I started to understand why my siblings felt abandoned my older siblings. I started to understand why my younger siblings felt left out. I started to understand the relationships between mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, fathers and sons, 
I started to understand how people were capable of abandoning or leaving or letting go of children that they took the necessary time to carry. And a lot of those things I am going to share. And hopefully over time, like one of my goals for the show is to not just tell you my story, but to share some of your stories. And for those who are struggling to understand the reason behind why their parents did the things that they did, the goal is to help them understand it too. I look forward to the next episode with you. Thank you for joining us today. Live life and learn love. Stay blessed.